Good morning. It's great to have another opportunity to share with you from the Word of God. I'm, uh, I'm just pleased to be back in this space again, <laughs> to be here in, in the building. I know that uh, the church is wherever the people are gathered, and not just in the, the physical space of the building, but, uh, but it's been good to be here this morning, uh, even though I'm, uh, there's, there's not many others here, <laughs> and we're, but I'm reminded of uh, those times that we have been able to share together in this place, and I'm looking forward to uh, being able to be back again with you all someday in this place. So uh, wherever you are this morning at home, uh, whatever is going on in your lives, I greet you in the grace of our Lord Jesus, and uh, we come together uh, before his word in the power of his spirit to, to hear what he would say and uh, how he might encourage us in these interesting and uh, challenging days. So as you know, we've been working through the book of Ephesians, and uh, we've come to chapter 5, and I feel privileged to um, lead you through these particular verses. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 21. Verses 15 through 21. Uh, There's a lot going on here, but that's not unusual for the book of Ephesians. I'll do my best to help us appreciate all the different things that are happening, but, but also try to pull it together around a, a, a unified theme uh, so that we have something to take home with us, or I guess we are already home, <laughs> so we have something to use uh, in our lives at home and wherever the Lord would lead us. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. It says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wow, Lord. Thank you for these reminders uh, that are already speaking to us just as we express uh, this passage that you've given us. Uh, Lord, help us to understand what it is you're saying, and may it be uh, meaningful to us today. May we hear from your Spirit and be responsive to what you have to say to us wherever we are here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I read this passage, and there's so many directions, so many things that catch my attention. One of them, of course, is music. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Music. I love music. Music is, is such a big part of my life in so many different ways, whether I'm playing the music or singing it or, or leading others in that regard or just listening and experiencing the gifts that others have. I love, I love music. And music has been such a deep and significant part of the experience of the Christian church from uh, our deepest roots in scripture. I mean, the, the, the Bible is virtually a songbook 
certain parts of, of the Bible, like the book of Psalms, literally is a song book. And we have uh, examples throughout the Bible of, of people singing. Uh, you know, several months ago, I, I preached on the story of David who, who sang and danced before the Lord with all his might. I, I think of Paul and Silas in the prison, uh, waiting their, their release, singing songs of praise and uh, glorifying God in that way. What an amazing thing. I think of, of the Psalms that call us to make a joyful noise before the Lord. Music, music. It's such a deep and significant part of our experience as Christians. I know I, as a person who grew up in the church, uh, I had a lot of experience with church music. And certainly it's become a lot more complicated these days in, in many respects. I mean, I, I remember my dad who, I mean, I guess these days, uh, if, if he did what he did back then today, we'd call him a worship pastor, I guess. <laughs> but he was uh, just a layman, but, but he used to lead worship at the church I grew up in, which was a, a good-sized church. And, uh, and, but it was, you know, relatively simple in, in those days. I remember sometimes, you know, on an evening service, watching him just a few minutes before the service, flipping through the hymn book and scribbling down a few numbers on a piece of paper and handing it to the pianist on the way up to the platform. <laughs> you know, none of this rehearsal like we do today. None of, uh, there's no band, or none, of, none of that. It was just, hey, call out a number and let's sing the song together. And that was great. It was really great. I, I, actually, just a couple of years ago, we had a reunion of our church youth group and so we got together, all of us now in our 50s at that point, you know, and we're reflecting on our experience growing up in that church. And at one point, somebody called out a number. And we all knew what he, what he meant. It was the number of one of the hymns in the hymn book. And we just could remember that, that song as it related to that number. Then people started calling out other numbers and it became a game to see if we could remember the hymn that went with the number. That's, that's part of my experience growing up singing in the church. And there was something about that that was beautiful and, and created a sense of harmony. I remember choirs. Do you remember choirs? <laughs> we used to do have choirs in church. I don't know what happened to that. Maybe we should go back to it. I don't know. I, I, in my experience, we, you know, I used to be part of choirs. I, I even led choirs back in the day of children and young people and even adults. Uh, one of my favorite uh, memories going back was when I was doing a summer ministry in Drumheller, Alberta. And I was given the opportunity to lead a, 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 a group of choirs, like a, like a mass choir from all of the churches in the city for a special event. And it was just a beautiful thing. It kind of made me feel like just a bit of a, a glimpse of, of heaven, perhaps. <laughs> because Christian people are people who sing the songs of the Spirit. <laughs> we got the music in us, right? We got the music in us. The, the song of the Spirit, the rhythms, the melodies, the, the harmony of the, 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 the song of the gospel that, that resonates inside us. And we just love to sing. Well, keep that in mind as we go to the passage. And I'm, I'm just going to try and, and, and walk through some of the pieces here. We won't have time to go into great depth on every aspect, but there's just a lot of things to notice and and, and appreciate in this passage. So uh, maybe that's a good way to think about what we're going to do over these next few minutes. I'm going to lead you through 
an, an appreciative journey through these verses to, to try to understand a little bit what God might be saying to us. And then I'm going to try to like, put it all together around this, this concept of singing, <laughs> the music that the Spirit places within us. So it starts in verse 15 by talking about our walk. Look carefully how you walk. And uh, that's, that's not the first time that the Bible talks about walking as a metaphor for our faith. And one of the things I love about that is it suggests that, our, that we are in motion, right? Like our faith is not static. We are going somewhere. We are walking. We are moving. We are in motion. And as we go, as we move, as we walk, we need to be careful. Actually, the, the, if you look underneath in, at the original language and you think technically about what's being said here, what it's actually saying is to walk accurately. To walk accurately, not just carefully, but with, with a certain amount of precision or intention <laughs> to, to walk carefully and accurately. I, it's interesting, the, the text is going to go on to talk about drunkenness, and, and that uh, put me in mind of, you know, those, those roadside tests that you sometimes see? Now, just, I've never been through this myself. I've, <laughs> I've only observed this in others, <laughs> but, but you know how it goes. Right? Like if there's a suspicion of drunkenness, especially when you've been driving, uh, they may ask you to, to walk carefully. You know, to, to walk the line and to do it with appropriate accuracy. This is the image that's being described here, to be able to show that we are under control and that we are being careful. Walking accurately, not as unwise, but as wise. So one of the interesting things about these verses is we're going to find all kinds of contrasts here. This as opposed to this. This, not this, over and over through these verses. So here's the first one. Walk as one who is wise, not as one who is unwise. So the wise person walks carefully, accurately, with a certain precision and intention. And as we do that, we are making the best use of our time. I remember in the Old King James, or even I think in the NIV version of this same verse, it, it uses the expression to redeem the time, to buy back the time. And that's an expression, I don't know if you've been around the church for a while, you've probably heard that, and it's something that rings in my head a lot. You know, I, I, I often think about this and ask myself whether or not I am redeeming the time. You know, in other words, making the best use of the, the days and hours and minutes that, that God has given me. This is something I think a lot about. And, and actually, I've been thinking an extra lot about that in these days of quarantine and self-isolation. You know, like those, those first days, of course, we were all just kind of blobs on the couch trying to figure out what in the world we're going to do because we'd never seen anything like this before and who knows even how to handle this and what it means. Uh, but after a while, I started realizing, no, I need to get disciplined here. I need to redeem the time. I need to make the best use of possible of this gift that God has given me of all this time in my home. And so I began to, to get extremely disciplined. And, uh, and actually, that's been a good thing 
for me. But we need to be a little bit careful here because the, the word for time, and you may have heard this kind of thing before, maybe from a sermon that Pastor Wes has preached in the past or me or whatever, but, but uh, this word time in, in the Bible is a little tricky because there's a couple of different ways it can be expressed. So there are two Greek words, for instance, the word chronos and the word kairos. And in this case, it's not the word chronos, it's the word kairos that's being used. So what that suggests to me is that it's not just talking about redeeming the days and the hours and the minutes and the seconds, it's about redeeming the season. <laughs> this, this, this broad sense of time, this, uh, you might say the time of COVID for us right now, you know, the season that we are walking through. And we are to redeem it. Well, what does that mean? It means to make the most of it, to buy it back. I, I think here a, a metaphor that, that comes to mind is like a, uh, a Groupon coupon. <laughs> do, do, do you know Groupon? It's this, this app that uh, will sell you these uh, discount coupons for a dinner or a spa treatment or a boat rental or, or who knows what all. And, and I've bought Groupon coupons over the years from time to time, and I've used about half of them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like you buy these things, and you get the email, and then you forget all about it. <laughs> At least I tend to. Like, I got one right now for a restaurant, and, and we bought the thing, and I, I, you know, I've had it for months, and I, I'm just right now thinking, I've got to go and make sure I use that, uh, because otherwise it's going to be a waste, right? And you don't want to waste something you've invested in. And that's the message here, really. Like, we've been given this season of opportunity, and we don't want to waste it. Why do I say, why do we talk in terms of wastefulness? Well, I go a little deeper into this text where it talks about debauchery. <laughs> debauchery. What? I, I had to look that up. What does that word mean? What does it mean to me? It sounds bad. It just sounds debauchery. <laughs> that doesn't sound good at all. What, but what does it mean, actually? So, I, again, you know, sorry, but I, I looked up the Greek, you know, that, that, that went under, that, that's underneath that word. And, um, and what it means is to be wasteful. It, it, it actually is the negation of a word that means to preserve. So it's the opposite of preservation. And, and so what that's suggesting is that we can live in such a way that, that preserves things that, that are good, or, or we can live in such a way that wastes things that are good, like opportunity. So, so we have been given these seasons, these periods of time in our lives, and we're not supposed to waste them. We're not, they're given to us. We didn't even have to make the investment. This time is just ours. And, and, and we've got to use it well. We need to buy it back. We redeem it. So, so you know, I'm going to take that Groupon coupon uh, when I get home, and I'm going to say to my wife, Karen, we, we, need, to, we need to make sure we redeem that coupon, <laughs> you know, so it's not wasted. And that's how we're thinking about this passage. We, we have been given this season, and we, we want to make sure that we redeem it that we don't waste it because that would be foolish, right? 
to be given an opportunity and to waste it is foolishness. Therefore, he says, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Because this season that we're living in, these days, they're evil. Right? We don't have to look very far to see that. I was reading Twitter this morning. These are evil days. The season is against us. And I'm not just talking about the virus. There's that. Part of the uh, coronavirus, part of the thorns and thistles of Genesis 3. Talking about the discord, the pain, the evil that is in the world these days. This is the season we live in. But we are to understand what the will of the Lord is and act wisely in a way that is not wasteful in this particular moment that we've been given. So this this contrast between foolishness and wisdom, this contrast, verse 18, between drunkenness and debauchery, or, well, sorry, drunk, drunken debauchery, contrast between drunken debauchery and, and being filled with the Spirit. The one is empty, the other is full. The one is wasteful, the other is meaningful. So rather than be drunk with wine, we are to be filled with the Spirit. I, as I already said, I grew up in the church, and it was pretty common uh, for people to use this verse as a club, you know, over my head, uh, to, you know, like, don't get drunk, you know, like, like uh, know the will of the Lord, and, and the days are evil, therefore don't drink alcohol, don't get drunk, you know, that was, that was a pretty strong prohibition uh, in my upbringing, and, and I understand why, I, I get it, I mean, it was heavy-handed, and, and it was probably a little too much, and probably didn't fully appreciate what the text was actually trying to say, because, because I think what the text is actually trying to say is less about what we shouldn't do and more about what we should embrace, which is the fullness of the Spirit. Right? The fullness of the Spirit. And there's another thing here. There's, if, you, if you dig into this text and, and some of the stuff that's written about it, there's this big thing, this big... Uh, question about whether it's talking about uh, being filled with the Spirit or being filled by the Spirit. You know, in other words, is this about content, spiritual content, or is this about spiritual instrumentation or spiritual agency? You know, these, these two things. And, and so because some people feel like it's, it's about like receiving uh, the, the spiritual content, you know, like, like letting the Spirit of God uh, fill us with himself such that we are um, like him and, and acting in accordance with his will. Yeah, that's good. Uh, others say, no, this is, this is a call that we ask the Holy Spirit to, to fill it. Like, like it's, it's about calling on him to move upon us, uh, you know, by his instrumentation or his agency. And I just want to say it's both. <laughs> you know, it's both of those things. Like, like, like we don't have to choose in this case. So, so like, I don't know, for years now, for many, many years, now, decades probably, 
pretty much every day. I've made it a habit <laughs> to ask that the Lord would fill me with his spirit. <laughs> and, um, you know, I can't say that I've always directly recognized the impact of that prayer. Uh, but I think actually, I was reflecting on this this morning, and I think actually that has made a big difference in my life. You know, not as an incantation, you know, not as magic words, but, but as an honest expression of my desire, my openness to ask the Lord to take action, to exercise agency upon me, to fill me with the content of his spirit, such that as I go out and live in the world, I act like the spirit would want me to act. I say the things the spirit would want me to say. I do, I am the person that spirit would want to be. When faced with a difficult situation, I recognize what the spirit is saying and then know what I am to do. Don't always act perfectly around it. I'm not saying I'm, you know, got this locked down, but, but, but it's been, it's, it's been, the direction of my life, and it's made a difference. It's made a difference. This is wisdom, if I dare say. Not that we would lose ourselves in debauched wastefulness. That's the problem with drunkenness, right? You lose control. You have, there's no, you've lost a sense of purposefulness. There's, there's no control. There's no uh, wisdom anymore. It's just selfish in that moment in contrast, that we would be filled with the Holy Spirit. And what that, what's that going to show us, show itself as? This filling of the Spirit? Music. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's awesome. And by the way, I, I remember hearing a sermon that tried to distinguish between those three terms and say, you know, psalms is one thing and hymns is another. So psalms are like when you literally express the, the book of psalms, in, you know, like put music to it and sing the book of psalms. That's a psalm. And then a hymn is what we get out of the hymn book. And, and, and then a spiritual song is like a chorus that we put on the, on the PowerPoint. <laughs> you know? And that's crazy. You know, there, there is no distinction really between these, these, these terms are interchangeable. I mean, they do express some depth. Like, like this, is, this is like deep biblical truth put to song. You know? And this is what we do when we come together as Christians. We sing. And some of it, I mean, I actually mean that literally, but, but in other ways too. <laughs> not, not, not just literal singing, but, but we come together and we act in harmony. We express the melody of the gospel. We find the pitch, the tempo, the rhythm, the harmony of the kingdom. And we express that together, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. We make melody to the Lord with our heart. That's one of the things I love about music. There's a lot of things in the Bible about our head, you know, about our minds, and that's awesome. But, but here's one of the places in the scripture where it calls us to express our heart our affective being, our emotions, our feelings before God, that we come before him joyfully or prayerfully, or, or, I mean, joyfully or, or reverently or fearfully or sadly even, because we don't always sing a song of joy. We make melody in our heart to the Lord with our heart, giving thanks 
there's always a thankful element to our music. Giving thanks always in everything, where? To God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, by means of the filling of the Holy Spirit. You see the Trinitarian action here? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. That's one of the things I love about music. It's, it, it's, it's how it, it comes together, you know, like corporately. I mean, we can sing by ourselves, and I do, but, but singing together is a beautiful thing. I remember going to a concert back in like around 1981, I think it was, or something like that. Some of you, uh, it's a Christian concert, a Christian rock concert uh, back in the day. Uh, and some of you might remember the band Petra. Um, they were playing, and also Phil, the Phil Kagey band. Some of you might know that name as well. I mean, <laughs> I wasn't a big Petra fan, and when I came to the concert, I understood why, because it was just loud and undisciplined, really, and, and kind of raucous, and I guess there's a place for that, maybe. I don't know. It, it, it wasn't that awesome, actually. <laughs> but then the Phil Kagey band got up. Now, you might know that name. He's, he's a famous guitarist, Christian, beautiful music. Uh, in fact, uh, Jimi Hendrix, the, the story is that they came to Jimi Hendrix one day and said, what's it like to be the best guitar player in the world? And, and he says, I don't know, you'd have to ask Phil Kagey. Well, this is an incredibly gifted man. And, and when I saw him perform or, or, or lead us in that moment, it was like worship. And, and it was beautiful to see how the band submitted to one another and, and, and acted in discipline as they responded together. They each had their moment to shine. Each had their moment to lead. They supported one another in how the music worked. And the result was beautiful and powerful. And that's what music can be. We've got that kind of music in us as the church. We have the spirit in us. We walk carefully. We can understand what, what foolishness is and what it isn't. We can, <laughs> we, we can make good use of the time and the opportunity that God has given us because we are full of his spirit. And because of all that, we can sing. We can sing. I know we don't always feel like it. It's sometimes hard to find the music in us when our heart is heavy. I'm just going to admit something to you. I'm recording this on Friday morning. This is May 29th, 2020. And this morning, my heart is sad, quite honestly, because this is a difficult moment in, in the world, particularly here in North America. It, I mean, it's sad all over the world as we think about the impact of the coronavirus, death and um, pain and suffering. This is, this is a hard moment. And I don't know about you, but if you think about, uh, you know, many of you have been in isolation like I have, and it's hard. Some of us, you know, are spending much of our day or all of our day just by ourselves. And it's hard to feel like singing at times like that. But then there are other bigger and deeper things going on in the world that cause us sadness. I'm particularly uh, upset this morning about uh, the death of George Floyd, who is a brother in Christ, who is needlessly and um, put to death at the hands of somebody who should have known better. And to see the response that this has garnered in the world, the rioting, the, the pain, the deep, deep pain, the systemic 
human suffering that this is calling forward. I'm disturbed by the response of many Christians. I'm upset by, by the response of many leaders who ought to know better. Politicians, people who have been entrusted to, to lead us to better places. And I, I see this kind of thing in the world and it doesn't immediately call me to sing. Or if it does, that song today might be a dirge. It might be that this morning I would sing the blues. That African-American tradition where people of faith express their pain as worship. So whatever you're feeling here this morning, whatever has happened in the two days from uh, when I recorded this to when you're receiving this, I would ask that you seek the filling of the Spirit such that we could sing whatever song the Spirit gives us in this moment. Because that song will be given by the Spirit. And we should sing it. Spirit of the living God. Fall fresh on me. Spirit of the living God. Fall fresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Mold me, melt me, fill me. Use me. Spirit of the living God. Fall fresh on me. Maybe when we have the opportunity to come back together and you can join me in this space, we could sing that together. I look forward to that day. I, I don't know. I don't know when that day's coming exactly. It puts me in mind of, of you know, maybe the, one of the things that God is, is trying to teach us in this time is to be patient and to, to wait for his coming, right? Like, like that's, the, that's the stance of Christians all the time, right? To, to wait for the renewal, wait for the, the, the new heaven and new earth, the coming of the kingdom, to wait and to be patient for that moment. Now our, our patience is being stretched even further as, as we wait even for the moment that we could gather and when we gather, what that would look like, I don't know. They're telling us right now that we won't even be able to sing <laughs> because of the singing, you know, the spread of droplets, all that stuff. I don't know what to make of it other than to long for the moment and to seek the Spirit's fullness and his comfort. Because when the Spirit fills us, one, one of the things he does is he comforts us in our pain.
He's the comforter. I don't know, some of you joined us uh, this past Wednesday. We had a beautiful time. Many of us, uh, we came together on Zoom for a hymn sing. <laughs> I was asking Pastor Wes whether that was planned, knowing that this was the text that we were going to be looking at this morning. <clears throat> he said, no, it just, it was just one of those serendipitous blessings of God. And, uh, and it was cool. I, I, I thank you, those of you who joined. It was a beautiful thing, just even even weirdly through Zoom, through the internet, to sing together these songs of worship. But one day, one day we'll be back and, and we will sing together and we will sing with joy in our hearts. You know, by the way, you, you, you know we're going to sing in heaven, right? You know that that's essentially the substance of heaven. If you go to Revelation chapter 4 and chapter 5 and you see the people gathered around the glassy sea and what are they doing? singing the fullness of the Spirit because we got the music in us. <laughs> we got the music in us, the song of the Spirit. Sing it with me. Sing it with me. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your Spirit. Fill us with your Spirit. Teach us how to walk. Help us to be wise and not foolish. Keep us from drunken debauchery and wastefulness, Lord. Help us to redeem this season we will sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs submitting to one another in the beautiful harmony Lord, the song of your spirit even as we wait sometimes lord that song might be the blues sometimes that song will be a great dynamic joyful worship song of praise but we will sing and you will lead us lord and we will thank you we will thank you in this season. Amen.